Genesis chapter 12. Genesis is the first book of the Bible, so if you just turn to that first book, we're going to start in Genesis chapter 12. This is a special day in the life of Redeemer Church as we commission the Cody family as they leave our midst to go and serve as missionaries in Johannesburg, South Africa. I don't know what you think of that or what your reaction is when you hear that, but let me just say a few words. I do want to present the biblical case for why we would send someone out like that. And so we want to look at that from the scripture today. But just right up front, I just want to say if you're here today and you are not a professing follower of Jesus, I just want you to know we are glad that you are here. You are always welcome in this place, and we want Redeemer Church to be a place that you can get honest answers to honest questions. And as you listen to the sermon today, I would hope that you would at least take away this. That the God of the Bible was multicultural before it was even popular to be multicultural. I want you to see from the scripture that God has a heart for all the nations. And his church, when we are walking in his ways, we have a heart for all nations and all groups of people that speak all different kinds of languages. And the church has not always done well walking in God's ways. But I want you to know that when we serve the way that we should in the church, that we too, just as our God does, have a heart for all the nations. And that I would hope as you hear God's heart for the nations, I would also want you to hear an invitation to you that you have a part to be, you have a chance to be a part of something that is so much bigger than yourself. As Josh talked about before, we join saints throughout the ages who have followed our God. And we join saints that will continue to proclaim the good news of the gospel until Jesus returns. We would love to have you be a part of that. So hear that in the preaching today. If you're here today and you are a professing follower of Jesus, I want to be very clear. We are not commissioning the Cody's to make disciples, okay? All followers of Jesus make disciples, all right? We're commissioning them to go to South Africa to make disciples. And so in the sermon today, I want you to hear how God has a heart for the nations, but I want you to be thinking about what your part is in making disciples of all the nations. And we'll talk about some options that you have available to you. And you've heard about some of those as you've heard a report from the missions ministry team. But as we come to God's word, I want all of us to see that from the very beginning of all creation to the very end of all things, when God makes all things new, our God is committed to all the nations of the earth. It's interesting, if you begin just to put Genesis 12 into some context, if you read from the very beginning of the Bible in Genesis 1 and 2, we read where God made all things out of nothing by the power of his word, in the space of six days, and all very good. So God made all these lands that we're thinking about and talking about in the very beginning. Then, yes, in Genesis 3, there was a fall. The man and the woman violated God's will, did the thing that he said not to do, and as a result of that, people have been separated from God because of our sin. If you keep reading in the scripture in Genesis 6 through 9, God attempts to cleanse the earth of this sin. He has Noah build an ark and he sends this flood over the whole earth. 
But then as Noah and his family come off the ark, they are not off very long until Noah and his descendants plunge right back into sinful behavior. And by the time we get to Genesis 11, we read that instead of filling the earth with images of God as people had been commanded to do in Genesis chapter 1, all the people of the earth gathered in one place. And they worked together to build a tower to make a name for themselves, not recognizing God or giving glory to God. So God confused their language and scattered them all over the earth. And so at the point we pick up in the biblical story in Genesis 12, there are sinful people who speak different languages that are scattered all over the earth. And so we have a chance to see what does God do next? What is his response to sinful people speaking different languages all over the earth? And what we see is that God calls one man, Abram, and promises through Abram to bless all nations on the earth. Hear now God's word from Genesis chapter 12 beginning in verse 1. The Lord said to Abram, leave your country, your people, and your father's household. And go to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Oh, there's so much to this story of Abram. I wish I could tell you everything that is there. It's hard for a preacher just to run by this. But for now, just notice that God's response to sinful people who speak different languages scattered all over the earth is that God chooses one family to go and to settle in a certain place, to walk in his ways and faithfulness to him. And his plan was always to bless all nations through the obedience of that one family. Now, if you keep reading in the biblical story, you know Abram is not always faithful to God. Many times he is unfaithful. He struggles with doubt. He lies. He's unfaithful in his marriage. There are a lot of things he does to fall short. But in many ways, he does follow God. And he does believe the promises of God. And God uses him. And as we read in the story, he has his son Isaac then comes Jacob, and by the time you get to the end of the book of Genesis, Jacob and his son Joseph, Jacob is there blessing his sons. And Jacob prophesies over them, and God, through Jacob, speaks a word about the future. And as Jacob is blessing his sons, he gets to his fourth son, who was Judah. And Jacob speaks over him in Genesis 49 and verse 10 and says, The scepter will not depart from Judah. So he's saying there's going to be a king, a scepter, a ruler that comes as a descendant of Judah in the line of Judah. So he says, The scepter shall not pass from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet, until he to whom it belongs shall come, and the obedience of the nations shall be his. God, even at the end of the book of Genesis, still has in mind reaching all the nations through this descendant of Judah. Then after God redeems Abraham's descendants from their slavery in Egypt, you can read about it in Exodus, and he brings them out and gives them his law on Mount Sinai. 
And even as God speaks to descendants of Abraham, that one nation, God still has all the nations in mind. You can read about it in Deuteronomy. In fact, I want to share with you Deuteronomy chapter 4, beginning in verse 5. Moses is speaking to the people, and God, through Moses, is speaking to the people. And even though he gives his law to one nation, he still has the nations in mind. Listen to what he says, Deuteronomy 4, beginning in verse 5. Moses says, See, I have taught you decrees and laws as the Lord my God commanded me, so that you may follow them in the land you are entering to take possession of it. Observe them carefully, for this will show your wisdom and understanding to the nations who will hear about all these decrees and say, Surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. What other nation is so great as to have their gods near to them the way the Lord our God is near us whenever we pray to him? And what other, other nation is so great as to have such a righteous decrees and laws as the body of laws I'm setting before you this day? So we see that one purpose that God had in giving his law to his people was that the nations around them would see their relationship with the living God. And as the people of God walked in his ways, the nations around them would be drawn into a relationship with the living God. That they would long to live life as it was designed to be lived, as was set out for the Israelites in the law that God gave them. Of course, the Israelites did not always walk in God's ways. They were often unfaithful to him. They had judges that came and ruled. They had good times, times of faithfulness, times of unfaithfulness. They selected kings to rule over them. And you would think that the first king they would name would be one in the line of Judah, but it was not. They chose a Benjamite, Saul. But their second king, King David, was one born in the line of Judah. And King David was a man after God's own heart. And he told God, hey, I want to build a house for you. You've been in this tabernacle, in this tent since we left Egypt. I want to build a house for you. And God speaks to King David. And he says to him, look, you're not going to build a house for me. I'm going to build a house for you. I'm going to build a lineage for you. And God promises David that one will come in the line of David. A descendant of David will come. And he will reign on David's throne forever. And God specifically says to King David in 2 Samuel 7 and verse 14, God says, I will be his father and he will be my son. So the ruler God promised would come not just as a descendant of Abraham, not just in the line of Judah, but he would come in the line of David and he would be God's son. Psalm 2 in verse 8, we read where God says to his son, Ask me and I will make the nations your inheritance, the ends of the earth your possession. We just sang together, let the nations be glad. That's a verse straight out of Psalm 67 in verse 4. And do you know why the psalmist declares to the nations, let the nations be glad? Do you know why he calls them to be glad? Because in Psalm 67 in verse 2, he says that God will make his ways known on the earth and he'll make his salvation known among the nations, so let the nations be glad. That God has a heart for the nations and he's going to extend salvation to them. 
You've said it already this afternoon in our call to worship in Psalm 96, where the people of God are commanded to declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous deeds among all people. We see the same theme in the prophets. You could pick just about any of them. Let me pick one of my favorites, Isaiah. In Isaiah 11, in verse 10, he writes, In that day the root of Jesse, you need to know Jesse is David's father. So he's talking about that ruler that would come in the line of Jesse and the line of David. So he writes, In that day the root of Jesse will stand as a banner for the people. The nations will rally to him. And by the time you get to the end of the book of Isaiah, in Isaiah 49, in verse 6, God is speaking to his servant. The servant of the Lord, kind of a mysterious figure toward the end of Isaiah. And we often think that God in the Old Testament is only concerned with the nation of Israel. But listen to what he says to his servant in Isaiah 42 and verse 6. God says, it's too small a thing for you to be my servant to restore the tribes of Jacob and bring back those of Israel I have kept. That's, that's too small. That's not enough. God says, I will also make you a light for the nations that my salvation may reach the ends of the earth. Our God is committed to all the nations of the earth, always has been. Then 700 years after Isaiah writes, Jesus came to earth, the Son of God, the Son of David, a descendant of Judah, a descendant of Abraham. And in the fullness of time, God's Son comes. And he lived a perfect life, the life that we should have lived. He died a sacrificial death in our place, the death that we deserve because of our sin. And then he rose from the dead victorious over death as the first fruits of a new creation. As the power of the age to come breaks into this world to begin the process of making all things new. So it should be no surprise to a student of the Bible when you get two-thirds of the way in and get to Matthew 28, and just before Jesus ascends into heaven, the resurrected and reigning Lord Jesus Christ gives this commission to his followers. He says, all authority in heaven on earth has been given to me. I guess so, you just rose from the dead, right? If death's not going to stop, I think all authority is. He's got, some, he's got some credibility to say that, right? He says, all authority in heaven on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. So many folks would begin this sermon at Matthew 28. Man, we're two-thirds of the way in the scripture, of course God has a heart for them. What else would he say? The Bible's been saying it for a long time, that God says, I have a heart for the nations, and I'm going to bring a salvation to the nations. And so the resurrected Christ says, go and make disciples of the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, and surely I am with you always, even to the end of the age. I want you to understand, and I want to state very clearly, that this great commission is the calling of every follower of Jesus. We all have been given the task of making disciples of all nations. 
For some followers of Jesus, that means we stay right here in the Shoals area of Alabama. For some of us, that means we raise children in our homes, making disciples within our homes. For some of you, that's the job that God has given you right now. That's the, the calling that he has given you, and it is an important one. Because the church is always one generation from extinction, and so we must make disciples in our own homes. For some of us, we stay right here in the shoals, and our calling is to make disciples in this community. As we pour our lives out with the love of Christ and love this community in a way that Jesus would love this community as the very hands and feet of Christ Jesus. For some of us, we participate in making disciples of all the nations by praying for those who go overseas or giving money to those overseas. But for some, God actually calls them like Abraham to leave where they are and to go to another place. But regardless of where we do our job, all followers of Jesus have this job to make disciples of the nations. And it continues to be our job until Jesus returns at the end of the age. We look forward to that day when he makes all things right. And you can read in Revelation chapter 5, or, or Mark read in Revelation chapter 7, beginning in verse 9, where the Apostle John sees that vision of how things will be on that day. And he writes about a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, from every tribe, from every people and language, standing before the throne and in front of the Lamb. That's why we go to the nations. Because God has a heart for the nations. Because God calls his people to have a heart for the nations and some of his people to go to the nations because one day we will stand around the throne when God makes all things new and people from all nations will worship him. That's why we do what we do. We see today from the very first book of the Bible to the very last that our God is committed to having followers from all the nations of the earth. And you've heard today how our church is currently involved in that effort, and today is a special day as we commission the Cody family to go as missionaries to the nations. As they prepare to move to Johannesburg, South Africa in response to the call of God to take the gospel to the nations, I want to invite them to come forward at this time, Michael and Megan.